Hi, and welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines. FitSpeak, the podcast, is available on Podbean, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and our website, which is www.fitspeak.com. As a bonus, we're also alive and kicking it on Instagram. Kevin Watt and myself serve up a consistent dish of motivation and inspiration through that picture-sharing platform. Check it out. Tell us what you think. We are at FitSpeak. And for that 35 to 65 demographic, we are Facebook-friendly. We're seeking listener engagement. We've got some easy-to-digest content there and some endurance sports-based discussions that won't take even 20 seconds to read. And it's all original, not some repost from East Germany. You can find us at FitSpeak when you do that Facebook thing, whether it's on your phone, your laptop, your tablets, your Etch-A-Sketch. As always, FitSpeak is brought to you by Wenting Cycling Mission, and like always, here's your Wenting's word of the week. It is time trials. Mention that, well, two words to Bruce or any one of the staff members at Wenting's, and you'll win a prize. It's just that easy. Once again, your Wenting's words of the week. Time trials. And yes, we're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. We're your Fraser Valley-based multi-sport coaching connection. If you're new to the sport and want to get faster or better, our experience and low client-to-coach ratio will help you take that great leap forward to your path of personal awesomeness. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See our link at the bottom of this page. Today's program is tricentric as we check in with Abbotsford Triathlon coach Mikey Ross for another top five list and our special guest for today, well, who could that be? 50 minutes of SPF 50 FitSpeak begins right now. On the Zoom line with us this morning, one of the fastest females in our country at the Ironman distance. She came second last year at Ironman Canada, third at Ironman Frankfurt. She is the current world record holder for fastest female Ironman bike split. From Penticton, welcome back to Fitspeak, Jen Annett. Thank you. Before I <laughs> get for going, my wife wanted to make sure I got the pronunciation of your last name correct. Is it Annette or Annette? It, you nailed it. It's Annette. It is Annette. <laughs> so, Jen, uh, I can pronounce that right. Um, how are you handling this insane Okanagan heat? Uh, to be honest, I'm loving it. <laughs> um, I mean, it took forever for summer to get here. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I love it, personally. <laughs> yeah, we've been having uh, some days like not only in the lower 30s. We've we've seen temperatures yesterday. I think I was out by the the mall. I saw 36 degrees on my dashboard, and weather forecast is calling for more of the same this week. Uh, what kind of workout do you have uh, slated for today or for tomorrow in this insane Okanagan heat? <laughs> uh, well, I just did a quick run this morning. Um, and well, yesterday I did a, a two hour run around Skaha Lake in the middle of the day. So wow. my car was reading 37. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but my husband usually, if he can, he'll help me out and uh, kind of mobile aid station me around uh, for those types of runs. But um, 
I mean, these days, I, um, the days that my husband's working, I've got my son for the whole day. So um, I usually either try to slot my my workouts in super early in the morning Mm -hmm. or he'll come out for a bike ride, ride his bike while I run. But I'm trying to avoid him doing that in near 40 degree temperatures because I don't think that's really fair. What's your son's name? Nixon. Nixon. And how old is Nixon right now? He's eight. Eight. Um, how are you handling uh, Nixon going to school or not going to school? What was happening back in, you know, April and May and June? I mean, of course, you've got a lot of training, but Nixon also is supposed to be doing school stuff. How are you managing that? He hasn't been back in school since March. Right. Um, so he's had a really long summer break already. No kidding. <laughs> Homeschooling was tough. I am not cut out to be a teacher, so... They kind of resorted to a lot of online stuff. Actually, everything was online. Yeah. And I maybe call me old school, but I'm like, I'd rather you sit down with like an actual paper book mm-hmm. <laughs> and not just be reading stuff off the computer all day long. Yeah. Screen time, um, screen time, screen time. Hey. He actually wanted to go back to school in June, but we weren't able to send him back just because he has seasonal allergies. Oh, okay. So he presents like he's sick uh-huh. um and in order to get a doctor's note we had to covid test him so oh, interesting. i figured for seven days of school because yeah. it was part-time it wasn't worth it yeah really a lot of investment for seven days right exactly i mean we've honestly been enjoying a lot more family time together so honestly haven't had him this much to myself since right, the yeah. year he was born so yeah absolutely <laughs> Um, because my husband works crazy hours. He's gone usually from six to six every day. So making things work and Mm -hmm. enjoying the time together. Absolutely. What, what an amazing opportunity for all parents. I mean, the opportunity to spend some real time at that age. I mean, usually like you were saying, they're off to school from grade one all the way till, you know, grade 12 and beyond. But to have this bonus time with your children at those most formative years, I mean, you know, you'll look back at this period of time, I'm sure 15, 20 years down the road and say, yeah, 2020. I mean, that was a lot of crazy things happening, but darn, we were able to spend a a lot of time together. Yes. Now, what about yourself, Jen? Um, Have you always lived in the Okanagan? Yeah, I was born and raised in Kelowna, and then we moved to Penticton 15 years ago. Now, growing up as a kid in the Okanagan, specifically in Kelowna, what sports were you doing as you were growing up? Uh, Mostly team sports. Yeah? uh, Like school team sports, basketball, volleyball, track and field, um, played soccer as well. Pretty much it. (laughs) Yeah, which one of those was your favorite at the time? Probably basketball, to be honest. Yeah. And we did quite a bit of mountain biking and hiking as a kid, but I don't know if I'd necessarily consider that like a sport at that age. But yeah, yeah, basketball, I would say. Mm -hmm. So when were you introduced to, you know, some of the endurance sports that you've kind of built your reputation and your career around? Yeah, I mean, I always did the... the (laughs) the longest distance yeah. in track and field. I always wanted to be the, you know, 100-meter dash star. Yeah. But I still, to this day, do not have that sprint gear. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely an endurance person. Um, I did do some running, like tra- um, cross-country running mm-hmm. in uh, high school. When we moved to Penticton, actually, I was working at a physio clinic, and uh, they were – 
into running a lot. So I, that's when I kind of started running and I really fell in love with it. And I wasn't training for anything. And I'd go out for 30 K runs just because I wanted to, wanted to see what I could do. (laughs) And then watched my first Ironman in 2006. Mm -hmm. And I was so touched by it. It Mm -hmm. was crazy. I'm like, I don't know any of these people. And I'm sitting on the corner of Lakeshore and I think it was Lakeshore Main Street, uh, right where they, they had the big boom track mm-hmm. where you could, that finish line was one way, you had to go down Lakeshore the other way. Yeah, I know, <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm sitting there bawling my eyes out, and I'm yeah. like, I don't even know any of these people, yeah. but this is just incredible. So uh, I think within like a week, I went out and bought a road bike, and I think my first ride, I rode like 80 kilometers with running shoes and Mm -hmm. like no cycling shorts. I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) Uh, But you had the good fortune of living in, you know, what the Subaru dealership here in town called it Iron Man City, right? So um, you were surrounded by awesomeness. Of course, you had the opportunity to see it in 2006 and probably heard about it from before then and then a lot of the local heroes i mean at that time we had uh people like richard diamond competing at iron man and he was also i believe one of the folks who did really well at the ultraman distance uh tom evans at the time of course yeah tearing things up and of course there's that uh fella that we know jonathan Curran. he was uh, always <laughs> a factor during that time um yeah so what was your first uh first triathlon jen <laughs> well <laughs> We got married in 2007, so that year kind of was out for me because when I saw Ironman in 06, mm. I'm like, I want to do this. Yeah. Um, but obviously, it's getting married in the summer and trying to train for an Ironman was not necessarily a smart idea. So mm. signed up for 08. Yes. So we got married in August of t- 2007, signed up for 08. Never done a triathlon before in my life. So the Ironman was going to be your very first. Yes. (laughs) Advice to newbies, don't try this. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But um, I kind of got taken on by some local uh, athletes here. And uh, it started helping me out and kind of convinced me. They're like, you probably should do a smaller race before you (laughs) bite the bullet on the big one. So... Mm -hmm. My first race was actually Cultus Lake. Oh, yeah. Um, Olympic distance. Yeah, Olympic distance. And it was in May at that time. It was a Mother's Day weekend. Was, was and the water was yes. nine degrees. It yeah. was so cold. And that was my really rude awakening oh, to wow. triathlon. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I won my age group. Nice. And I'm like, wow. I'm yeah. like, maybe this is something that I could be good at. And did the desert half then. Decided to do one more. The Asoyuz desert half used to be outback events that's right yeah that's that's a a tough tough race because you go out and you do richter pass in reverse and then a lot of athletes say that coming back from you know from karameas back into soyuz is actually more difficult climbing than the way out that we traditionally do on the ironman course I wouldn't disagree with that. There's a couple of those rollers that are pretty steep coming back, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, particularly the Nighthawk one, for sure. That one's a a super steep one. But yeah, honestly, that was one of my favorite races. I was really sad to see it go. But yeah, I came second there. And I'm like, oh, okay, this could be good. And then Ironman Canada was my next one. 
And you did pretty well on that. I remember at the awards banquet uh, sitting across the table from you. And I believe that you had uh, some of your family members there. Probably Jay was there. And uh, yeah. you got a chance to go up on the podium, if I remember things correctly. I did. I got my spot to Kona. Uh -huh. <laughs> I won my, won my age group. And uh, yeah, that was back in the day when they used to print off the little sticker and stick it on your bib number. I don't know if you remember that. And it would have your like category and your placing on it. So as soon as you cross the finish line, you got that sticker put on there. And I just remember looking down at it and going... Oh my God, we're going to Kona. <laughs> that must have, well, I've, I've never received the sticker, Jen, but what a thrill that must have been. And considering it was your, your very first attempt at the Ironman distance, it, uh, it was a, a loud message to you and the folks around you that you had some uh, potential in the sport. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I would agree with that. So like we were talking about, I mean, uh, the Penticton media has been very kind to you and you've been a great champion for them. I mean, part of the, you know, the tradition and the heritage along with, you know, Jeff Simons and all these legends that we, we get to call, you know, people who live in Penticton uh, turned in some memorable performances. I remember um, you passing me so quickly on the way to running from second place back into first place at Challenge Penticton. Um, like I was saying, you came second in Ironman Canada. You've uh, tackled the bare bones duathlon and pretty much dominated that, our, our local race. <laughs> but of, of all your performances, which one is, is the most special for you? I would probably say the 2016 ITU, the Challenge yeah. ITU Nationals, um, being able to actually break that tape. Yes. <laughs> and hold it up. I mean, I've had several attempts leading up to that mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. just could never quite get that number one spot. And uh, just to be able to win a race like that in my hometown right. was just incredible. And I do owe a lot of that to all the local people that were cheering me mm -hmm. on that made something snap in my head as I was coming down Lakeshore that I'm like, it's now or never, yeah. like, you got this. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to die trying to run this girl down. Which but... is great, yeah. You don't have to look I've... pretty doing it, uh, as, as our good friend Jeff Simons has attested to, but uh, on that day, you know, everything came together, uh, and uh, yeah, that was a huge victory for you and really, you know, uh, let the rest of the triathlon world know that you were uh, you were out to to do some serious business. Yeah, and it was I mean it was awesome that Jeff won as well. Yeah. So to have both of us win that just added to the experience as well. So mm -hmm. pretty successful season last year. Like I was saying at the introduction, third in Frankfurt, uh, second in Whistler. And according to Johnny O, your coach and yourself, things were going really well in your build up to Kona. Unfortunately, things didn't turn out for you that day. Uh, can you tell us what happened? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's definitely a sore subject. We made some sacrifices to get me to Kona early, quite early before the race this last year, just mm -hmm. to try to prep more in the heat. Because, I mean, our, our fall came really early and all of a sudden, mm -hmm. and it got really cold here, like mid-September. So... I'm like, I'm just not in the right mindset to be spending five hours in my bathroom oh, on my trainer. Yeah. So I was honestly feeling really good, really mm. just 
almost confident, but laid back about it. You know what I mean? Like I just, I don't know. I was, I just felt really, really good going into the race. And unfortunately a couple kilometers into the bike going down Polani to go out to the Quakini highway bombing down there and uh, race media motorcycle decided to cut me off and I had a pretty bad crash. So getting hit by a motorcycle during Mm. the Ironman world championships was definitely not on my list of things to happen that day. No kidding. There's definitely bits and pieces that I don't remember because I just remember seeing the motorcycle and then being on the ground and people standing over me and Anybody that knows me really well knows that I'm really, really stubborn. <laughs> and I tried to convince myself it wasn't that bad. And mm-hmm. finally was able to get up off the ground. And I'm like, oh, my God, my wrist hurts. I'm like, my like, shoulder hurts. I can't, like, I'm like, it hurts to breathe. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, I did not invest this much time yeah. into this race for this to happen. And then I went to get back on my bike. And then we realized my front wheel was shattered. Oh, my so goodness. Like, oh, gosh. <sighs> So got my hands on another wheel, convinced myself that this was not going to be it. Mm. And I think adrenaline played a really good role in the pain relieving factor. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> um, but about, I don't know, I'd say about 140, 150 K into the bike pain really started to set in yeah. and it was, I'm like, oh my God, every single bump in the road, oh. it felt like somebody was just stabbing me through oh, like my goodness. wrist and my shoulder. But then it convinced myself that it would feel <laughs> but wait, better. the story's not running. over. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it, I'm like, once I get off the bike, it'll feel better. <laughs> because that, that and, can happen, right? I mean, you might feel like crap, especially those last 20 kilometers and you think the world's coming to an end and... You know, some of us who actually cherish the run think, okay, things will improve once we can stand up and shake off whatever was bugging us. Made it into transition. And how did how did that run start off for you? It wasn't good. As I was running out of transition, I'm like, this is, I don't know. It was like a, I had a full-on mental argument going oh, on. As I was, I'm like, this is stupid. Like, you need to quit. But I've never ever even in my amateur years dnf to race oh, never wow. i'm like i'm not gonna quit this race mm-hmm. like i i ran up Plani and then around the corner and i had a friend that was sitting there and i kind of stopped and i just totally broke down i'm like mm. i can't do this yeah. like i just can't and she was just like, no, you can, no, you can. And oh, I'm like, okay, I can. Oh, yeah. What a, what a double-edged sword, right? Because they want to, you know, they want to push you to achieve your potential, not knowing the severity of what you had just went through on the bike ride, right? Yeah. I mean, I think everybody knew at that point what mm. had happened because we all know how many people hang out on Polani Drive. Mm. So there was a lot of people that saw the crash. Oh, okay. And then... Yeah, I saw my family down on Ali Drive and my coach. And it was kind of like a walk. And I don't know, we talked about a couple things. And then I'm like, no, I got to try this. Like, I just got to try it. I mm-hmm. need to, like, exhaust everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to give up yet. And I think I got a little further down. And I'm like, I just, I walked and I just started falling. Oh. I'm like, awful. Yeah. Like, like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're in so much pain. You can't run. Like, you don't need to prove that you can finish this race. At You've all. finished it before. Yeah. 
like, you need to come to terms with mm. what's going on right now. And yeah. uh, I walked for a little bit with a couple of other pro friends that were not having fantastic days and yeah. made it back to where my family was. Yeah. And that was it. Pulled the pin there. Yeah. So. Right decision, I guess. Yeah. I mean, uh, it sucks because I really felt like I could have, if I had, Everything went well. I yeah, could have exactly. been in the top 10. If not for a, you know, a media motorcycle, this would have been a very different conversation, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of you know, crazy things happening, that was probably your last uh, multi-sport race that you've done, right? It was. And, yeah. then, and then um, we have this whole uh, 2020. I was looking at your race roster. You know, um, obviously you were one of the people who was pegged to be a favorite here in Penticton. Now that the Ironman is back at its, uh, you know, traditional home and everybody yep. was excited about that. And then this COVID thing. I don't even think you did UBC this year, Jen. Nope, no, I didn't. Because um, you're usually uh, one of the, uh, you know, top females there, if not one of the top athletes outright. And, you know, without doing our traditional early UBC race, I mean, bare bones duathlon, and that was shut down quickly. So um, as a pro, what what does it mean to you being a pro during this COVID-19 crisis? You're obviously still training, but what's going on? <laughs> I would love nothing more than to be racing, but I think we all need to take a step back and look at the reality and the severity of what's going on, going on globally. Yeah. It's far beyond participating in races. Mm. So I think realistically speaking, there's not going to be a season this year. Like I, I, I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but I'm, I'm trying to be realistic about the situation. I mean, having my son at home full time too has yeah. kind of thrown a little bit of a curveball at like available training hours and everything as well. So, I mean, for the most part, we've kind of just said, you know, like, let's just have fun. We're still going to train, make sure it stays fun. Um, try to put a little bit more of a run focus in. Um, cause well, Viking's my strength, and for some reason, mm -hmm. it just keeps bouncing back really quickly to me. So mm -hmm. if I if I lose a few hours mm -hmm. right now of like bike training, I'm not gonna worry about it so much. Yeah. Um, and running's good because you can do anywhere. So yeah. we've just kind of been honestly enjoying, like I said before, family time. We've done a ton of camping. Yeah. I think in like three and a half months, we spent almost a month wow. worth of nights camping. Nice. Um, and once again. I'm, you can run anywhere, so mm -hmm. I'm getting to run out on back roads and trails that I haven't explored before, yeah. and yeah, and enjoying the Okanagan summer and the beaches and all that stuff, mm -hmm. so still training, but taking this as a, like I said, an opportunity to enjoy some other kind of other things in life, um, and then once we know what's going to be going on or have a better idea, yeah. then, you know, we'll crack, crack back down again. But mm -hmm. I don't want to get 10 years down the road and go, oh, man, I wish I hadn't, like, just decided to train, like, super hard through all of this. And then mm -hmm. I missed out on yeah. whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So it's all about balance, yeah. right? Um, 
In addition to your relationships with your bicycles, as triathletes will have uh, <laughs> deeply rooted relationships, uh, now riding a Venta, I mean, your relationships, obviously, with your son and Jay, one of your longer-term relationships, of course, is with Johnny O. Um, yeah. You've been with him for quite some time now. So what is it about the chemistry between you two? Because you've been together for a long time. What's What makes that relationship work for you guys? Well, to be honest, it's it's awesome having a coach who also has a family, because I really wanted to work with somebody that understood the family importance and family balance side of things. Mm -hmm. Not saying that I'm not working hard by any means, like I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that, but I just need, I needed to work with somebody that did understand that side of things. And honestly, like Johnny's not a beat around the bush person. He's a straight up (laughs) straight up guy and very supportive. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's kind of, I don't, I don't have time for people but <laughs> beating around the bush. You mm-hmm. need to tell me how it is just like that straight up. <laughs> um, so that, that's good. And I mean, when we started working together, it was kind of like, you know, we'll give this a shot. And mm-hmm. if it works, that's fantastic. If it doesn't, that, you know, we all know there's not with coaches, it's what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for the other right and it may not necessarily be you know the workouts that are designed it's just how the workouts are presented or the the interaction right how you motivate an athlete or you know is it can be different and that's upon the athlete you know what works as you were saying for some athletes will not work for another yeah and that's it and um you know i'm like straight up like do you see potential here like, do you think there's something we can do with it? And it was like, yes, yes, yes. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. And yeah, we haven't looked back. I think we've, you know, as with any relationship, we've had a few ups and downs, but that's yeah. totally normal. And <laughs> yeah, I have no intentions of looking elsewhere for a coach because I think that uh, Johnny's helped bring out the best in what I'm able to do. And I still think there's lots of room for improvement. Um Yes, I'm getting older, but mm-hmm. in the, I guess, average age of this sport, I'm kind of right in the middle, I'm yeah, going to say. <laughs> that's right. Um, I mean, you look at people like, like Lindsay Corbin, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she's still winning races at, at her age, and it's amazing. Yeah. So I, you know, look at people like that, and I'm like, you know what? There's, there's still room to get better. Like, yeah. there's still things that we can work on, and, yeah. you know, it's, just as much work on my end as it is on the coach's end too, right? Yeah. So it just works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, speaking of relationships, um, what a crazy year for being a pro triathlete. I mean, a lot of pros do base their their lifestyle around winning races and prize money. But another part of that whole life of a pro triathlete is their relationship with sponsors and i know how are you able to uh you know promote uh your connections with your sponsors yeah um i mean it's all via training right like social media is the biggest biggest thing now and now i think with all this covid stuff online purchasing or online shopping has gotten huge as well not that it wasn't before but even bigger now because people don't want to go anywhere yeah um so just being able to promote uh, my sponsors and their products uh, in all of my training pictures and training posts and uh, just being involved in some of like the teams or groups that we've got on Facebook, 
um, being supportive of that. I get people messaging me all the time asking about stuff. So I just make sure I try to stay on top of that Mm -hmm. and uh, offer any support there. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to be doing a little bit of a a blog post on hydration actually here, hopefully in the next couple of days. Yeah, just doing things like that, like blog posts, social media, um, group support, pretty much all we can do, right? But wish I could do it racing, but (laughs) I know (laughs) it's not happening. Uh, what's your favorite part about being a pro? I would honestly say inspiring other people. Yeah. I, I love being an inspiration, you know, cause that's how I got involved in the sport and I don't know, just being able to connect with a lot of people and, um, build amazing relationships. Some of the best mm-hmm. relations relationships that I have, um, have been because of this sport. Yeah. The factors that you had to work through your epilepsy and yeah. the fact that you didn't have a great Kona in 2019. This is, you know, this is you being a, an awesome role model and showing people the way, you know, you're back up there, you're crushing it on the bike and you're doing all the right things. So, you know, when people see this, it's easy to be, you know, when everything falls into place, it's it, it's an easier ride. But uh, to overcome the, the many, you know, things that you've had to successfully, I mean, just adds to your credibility as not only a pro, but but a person as well. Let's have some fun. So uh, one of the things I'm working on right now for uh, the Triathlon Magazine Canada is an article called, If It Ain't Broken, Don't Fix It. So we're asking people, what is the piece of technology or clothing or equipment that you're still using? It's really old, but yeah, you seem to just go back and use this stuff. Uh, Is there anything in Jen's closet that you're still using that you did last year, two, five, six years ago? I got to well, clothing wise usually doesn't last any more than a couple of years. Cause yeah. that permanent stink kind of <laughs> <just laughs> gets like, to be a little bit too much. I'd say probably the two things on my bike. I still to this day attach computer mounts and cages like aero bar cages that mm. are behind the seat cages with zip ties. With zip ties. <laughs> there we go. Old school technology yeah. there. Yes. <laughs> Um, it, I, I just find I can get it exactly where I want it (laughs) that way instead of relying on a, on a mount and just looking at my bike right now, I'd have to say crank length. I still ride a 172.5. You know, we tried shorter cranks Mm -hmm. a couple years ago and it, I just didn't like it at all. And it, I said exactly what your title was there. I'm like, if it ain't broke don't fix it. Mm -hmm. I'm posting some of the fastest times ever. Yes. Why change it? Right. Uh Why change it? So I'm like, I'm just going to go old school and Mm -hmm. I'm sticking with the 172s Mm -hmm. and have had amazing success at the long and in the 70.3 distance as well. Uh, Let's talk about some more fun stuff. I got some uh, of our listeners on FitSpeak to submit questions and we're going to pick one of them. And and this one comes with a (laughs) bit of uh uh, street or race creds. So Megan Hackinen, um, who right now lives in your old hometown of Kelowna, who happens to be the world 24 hour time trial championship or champion at the, uh, at yeah. for females. Uh, she wanted to know what was one of your favorite rides in the Okanagan. Oh God, honestly, I, the Ironman Canada course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that course. So like right now I've had some, some help 
once a week here and there where Nixon is taken care of. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't care if my longest ride has only been like an hour and a half in the last two months. Mm -hmm. I'm going out and I'm riding the Ironman Canada course. Have you tried the new course yet? Because it used to be, I mean, back in our time, up until when the race had left, um, we did that kind of nasty little costing out and back, which was hot, it was (laughs) stuffy, there was lots of bees. Uh, The pavement was leaving a lot to be desired, but- uh, And it's still in that shape too. Yes. It hasn't changed. Mm So um, have you tried the new course with the trip down, what is it, Green Lake? You go up over Twin Lakes right, and then yes. down into Willowbrook. There's a little out and back in Willowbrook. Yeah. And then you go back up to the observatory mm-hmm. um, and then down to the highway. I actually don't even know. I think it's Green Lake Road. I don't know. We just call it St. by St. Andrews, which oh, is a golf course, golf course down yeah. there. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's what all the locals call it. Ah. Um and yes, I have. And honestly, it is beautiful. Mm. I would do, yes, it is a bit tougher. And it is, okay. It is at the tail end of the mm. bike. Yeah. But I would take this scenery and those roads. Mm. Um, that actually, next to the Ironman Canada course, riding up in that area is another one of my favorite rides. Mm. And yeah, I think people are really going to enjoy it. There will be some cl- complaints about some of the climbing in that section, <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, it's beautiful. I, I'd way rather do that than the bumpy grows out and back in Yeah, A little bit of climbing, but for much more beautiful scenery. Not that Coston wasn't wonderful if you could actually get your head into it, but by that time, we're all kind of tuckered out. If you could move to another city, I mean, Penticton is amazing, but if you could, uh, what city would you like to move to for for triathlon training? Uh, Hawaii? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, somewhere where it's hot all year round. Mm. Not like scorching in the yeah. summer, but um, somewhere that I could train all year round. Yeah, even down in like kind of the Arizona area. Yeah somewhere down in in there i'd have to say we're pretty spoiled here too (laughs) you know the rest of the country i mean save for maybe a couple of places in ontario that are you know coming out to be pretty popular triathlon hotspots and of course victoria i mean the rest of the country looks at penticton and says that's where we want to be and that's that's where we are um what about this um, you've been doing a lot of interviews as a pro, but what is a question that you wish you have been asked, but have never been asked? I honestly don't know if I have one. <laughs> <laughs> I think people are usually pretty good at racking my brains, <laughs> or I'm usually really good at about just rambling on about <laughs> off-subject stuff. So, <laughs> um, I can't honestly think of anything. Okay. How can somebody follow you on social media? Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, and then I've got my website as well. My Instagram and Twitter handle are uh, Annette underscore Jen. And then you can find me on Facebook. I've got a triathlete page or just my personal page. My personal page I use much more. So Mm. it's probably easier to follow me on there. And then uh, if you want to do a little bit more reading up, you can find me at uh, jenannett.com. And final question, Jen. I don't think we asked this before you uh, you did Kona last year, but it's a question we ask uh, folks at the end of all of our Fit Speak interviews. Now, if you could be an animal, 
other than a human being, what animal would you be? And tell us why. I'm going to say a dolphin. Dolphin. Why yes. is that? Well, first of all, I don't know. I've always loved dolphins. They're beautiful. I love the water, love the ocean. Mm. They're, you know, they're always happy and playful. They look great. And I <laughs> wish I could swim better. That's always been my weakness. Uh-huh. So if I could swim like a dolphin, I would be happy. <laughs> Get that dolphin uh, kick happening so you can do the butterfly, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a massive fail on my side of things. <laughs> I can't do the butterfly at all. <laughs> well, thank- I attempted once and Johnny O laughed at me so hard that I will never attempt it again. <laughs> <laughs> save, save some dignity. <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you so much, Jen, for uh, taking the time and your training schedule and your role as super mom and wife, uh, F2C elite ambassador. Um, wishing you, you know, nothing but success here in this crazy year that's uh, become 2020 and best of health. And, you know, the next time you toe the line and we know you're going to do it in Kona, we're all going to be pulling for you and, you know, your luck is going to change. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I really, really hope so. (laughs) Hi, I'm Mikey Ross, coach with Abbotsford Triathlon Club, and here's the FitSpeak Top 5 list. If you are anything like me when involved in a physical activity, you find moments during a workout where you are surprised with where your mind is or isn't. If you ever become disengaged from your joy of working out or simply want to try some new thinking, this week's top five list might be for you. I now offer my choices for top five things to think about, and they're all on my list for when I run, but I don't see why they wouldn't work in any other activity as well. Number one, a memorable run in a memorable location. Often when running, I find myself in autopilot enjoying a few minutes where my body is just doing its thing effortlessly and joyfully. During those moments, I often fly off in my head to a previous run I enjoyed somewhere else in this big wide world. Having traveled extensively and run for decades, I've run in some pretty unusual places and had some unusual encounters. So getting unlost, for example, is always an adventure. When you're in a country where you can't speak the language to ask where you are, you can't read their own sides because you don't know how their alphabet works, and you didn't tell your travel mates where you were going because you just flew out the door and headed to parts unknown. So, remembering the craziest run in the most unusual place makes any autopilot moment more fun than it already is. Number two, a past race. Even if the location and the weather and the route is totally different, I often go back in time to a long ago race and recall the feelings I had when my feet virtually flew and my pace was fast enough to say out loud for a fellow competitive runner. It's a lot of fun to do this when you're actually executing a run of a similar distance. For example, on my half marathon training runs, I particularly like to transport myself down to the starting line of the Pacific first half and follow the epic route around Vancouver's Stanley Park, while in reality I'm uh, running the back roads of Mission and just past our local dump. Number three, interpersonal struggles from the past. Have any issues from your childhood or youth that you wish turned out differently? A run is a time when you can actually create a new ending 
or resolve an emotional trauma by applying all those wonderful endorphins towards forgiving yourself and others. It seems that the flow of running often brings about the flow of thought and helps you to become unstuck from the past. Number four, a future race. Until COVID hit us all, I was a regular racer. Thus, there was almost always a race a few weeks or months ahead to focus on. Being goal-oriented, I find myself thinking carefully about the strategies, assessing my current pace fitness, and planning whether to recover or build while I'm running. Now, this may not work for many if you feel it will keep your head too busy, but because I love running, I find it feeds my enthusiasm and my enjoyment of the run that I'm actually doing. Number five, gratefulness. Bear with me, I know it sounds corny, but as a person ages and experiences inevitable setbacks, some temporary and some of the long-term variety, it's not only helpful but wise to spend time thinking of the people and the conditions in your life that enable you to be physically active. I am sometimes so freaking full of gratitude that I've been known to shout out, I love the universe. For Fitspeak, I'm Mikey Ross. And that's it for another edition of Fitspeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'd like to thank F2C Pro Triathlete, Jen Annett. Annett underscore Jen. That is the place to go both on Instagram and Twitter to see what Jen is up to. And while you're there, just ask her how come she's so fast on the bike. In addition to those websites, yes, Jen is active on Facebook and on the web at jenannett.com. As always, FitSpeak is brought to you by Wenting Cycle in Mission. And like always, here's your Wenting's word of the week. It is time trials. Mention that word to Bruce or any one of the staff at Wenting's and you'll win a prize. It's just that easy. Once again, your Wenting's word of the week is time trials. And yes, we're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. We're your Fraser Valley-based multi-sport coaching connection. If you're new to the sport and want to get faster, our experience and low client-to-coach ratio will help you take a great leap forward to your path of awesomeness. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See the link at the bottom of this page. That's it for this time. Hell, you don't even have to wait to get your next FitSpeak fix. Our Facebook page is your local go-to spot for information and inspiration. Yes, it's FitSpeak on Facebook. And now, at FitSpeak on Instagram. That's your place on the internet where you can see what we've been up to, what excites us, and for you to share your story and pictures. Finally, if you're listening to us on Podbean, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, why not drop by our website to see a bit more about the program, maybe leave us a comment on the show, or ideas for future programs. For Kevin Watt, Mikey Ross, and Zach Neufeld, I'm Kevin Hines. Thanks for listening.